uh, at Foundry, which is a, we do custom uh, digital software development and design. Uh, and uh, we have been around for about seven years. We're about 40 people in size and we work with a variety of companies, a lot of SaaS companies. Um, we help them with UX, UI and software development. And uh, over the years, I've done a lot of career coaching. So, uh, and we've hired a lot of folks very quickly. Um, so I'm excited to talk about today's topic. And also, um, I do also do a podcast and I uh, also live stream on YouTube uh, regularly and do webinars. So um, you can always find me on LinkedIn, just look for Kurt Schmidt. Um, or you can look up the podcast, which is called Schmidt List. Uh, it's pretty easy to remember. Uh, so. Yes. Uh, excited to be here. Uh, me too. And, uh, you know, because now after the pandemic, everything has changed. And it really has. That is how, right? Like earlier we were talking about talent crunch and people are not getting enough talent. And now suddenly layoffs and retention. We are talking about, uh, you know, quite quitting and so many things. So, yeah. So the hiring challenges for the founders are changing day by day. So that is why it is very, very important uh, to have the right perspective from different industries now. So you are from IT background. So uh, your experience would really help everyone who is listening. So Kurt, give some tips and uh, you know share some of the challenges which you came across. Yeah, I would say that the pandemic created uh, quite a stir. So we were growing pretty quickly during the pandemic. And so we were hiring. But a lot of people really did not want to move jobs because they wanted they wanted stability, right? Because the whole world was turning upside down. So one of the last things on their mind was changing jobs. So uh, finding those people to hire and bring on during the pandemic was a real challenge. And then, of course, um, nobody wanted to come into the office anymore. So that was also a challenge because at the time when we had started the company, our culture was very office focused, right? We had a lot of events in the office. We did um, a lot of um, team building things. Um, we did a lot of in-person workshops with our clients. So not only did our hiring practices have to change, but our internal processes had had to change. So um, so that that challenge kind of reverberated throughout how we uh, how we do our work and I would say now um, it's been interesting because now that the pandemic is kind of uh, backed off I mean there's still uh, lots of COVID out there um, but because people are wearing less masks I think people are moving around a bit more uh, but mm -hmm. we also have a recession on the on the on the horizon here so that's also going to be challenging um, my suggestion would be is that if people are looking to move in the next six months, uh, they should they should do it. If they're looking to move a year out, it's going to be a lot more difficult once the recession comes in. So now's a good time to be uh, putting yourself out there. Okay, so you think that it is a good time for job seekers to accept new positions if they are looking I for, do. because after six months to one year, it will be difficult to find themselves a right position, right? Yeah, the, the, the choices won't be as many, I don't feel. I feel that um, because the recession has kind of hit tech first right now, um, so you've seen even Amazon laid mm, people off, which yes. is incredible, right? Yeah. Um, so so what that does in my mind is kind of uh, a canary in the coal mine, if you will, to let us know that there's going to be some challenges with larger organizations 
later on um, next year. So, you know, the Walmarts of the world and the targets in different industries are going to start to feel the pains of the recession more. So I've been coaching people for the last year that, um, you know, if you're going to, if you want to make a move in the next couple of years, um, the next six months is probably your best time to get it done. Otherwise, I would plan to sit where you're at for, you know, another 18 months. Oh, wow. So you are uh, looking at things like after the recession and the recovery, even the recovery we need to talk, right? Like after the pandemic, COVID is over, but uh, the recovery mode, not for IT sector, I would say, but the no. other sectors are definitely, uh, you know, are like they had a difficult time surviving. So uh, what do you have to say about those? Yeah, I would say that for sure, you know, the um, the pendulum during the pandemic shifted a lot to giving the um, more power to the uh, candidate than it did the employer where it used to live forever, um, which was a challenge for a lot of employers. But I see that that that's swinging back now that a recession is coming in and the opportunities are are starting to drop. And I think mm -hmm. you can you can see that, yeah, according to, you know, the um, at least in the U.S., the the employment numbers look great, but if you go out there and look at the job postings, mm -hmm. especially in IT and uh, in software development, those posts are starting to get fewer. They're starting mm -hmm. to get a little smaller than they were uh, before, because I think people are just kind of tightening up and uh, streamlining their, their products right now, or their product roadmaps. Okay. Yeah. Due to the recession, I think where you see more cutoff, I mean, it is mostly to the large companies or who are more affected, you think? I would say it's kind of trickle down. So the large companies get affected and then it kind of, it kind of moves its way down to the people that supply those organizations. So the, the mid-sized okay. companies, I think, um, you know, the mid-sized companies over the next six months will start to feel a bit more of that, that pinch. Now, again, a recession doesn't affect every industry. So, you know, if you're probably in a medical field, you're probably going to be fine. You know, it's very yes. rare that it's very rare that uh, medical is can be uh, pretty recession proof. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Government government contracts can be pretty recession proof. So it really depends on the industry you're in. You know, if you're working for, you know, uh, a retailer um, over the next six months, that would be a, probably a very volatile industry to be in so yeah yeah i think so but walmart uh, showed quite a good number uh, you know uh, improvement in their sales after the pandemic have you noticed that I and mean, their yeah. uh, sales have uh, grown up so much so we never know which one is and we are talking about inflation and recession but the buying power is still increasing you can see in the retail market that right very clearly and not only in us all over the world i think yes Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And again, like I said, it's it's this is what's interesting about what's happening in the economy and the job market these days is it is it is the job market isn't getting as affected by the recession and the inflation as it would have, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, it, it's because, again, I think that the digital side of things that has really changed the way that people uh, interact with organizations um, and the access that they have to organizations has made it a lot, um, mm -hmm. has made that that world a lot different. So, uh, but as I said before, I mean, I think you will see, um, I think you will see because of inflation and some of these things that the job market is just going to tighten up 
more, especially in the tech sector. Um, okay. And um, so, like I said, I've been coaching people right now. Like um, uh, the best time to look for a job is when you don't need a job. <laughs> so, okay. That's a good so, advice. Um, you know, you can go out and talk to people, interview. You can let them know that you're not you're not um, actively looking. Um, but I do encourage anybody who's watching this is, um, you know, interviewing is really the only way you can find out what your true market value is. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, you can guess at it. You can go and look at salary.com. You can uh, you could try to do your own research. But until you're sitting across from that hiring manager and negotiating um, mm -hmm. your salary and your benefits, you don't really know what your market value is. So I would encourage people um, again. Just because you're interviewing does not mean you're committing to taking the job. Um, you know, you, you're more than capable of, of exploring positions and deciding whether or not you want to make a move or not. So, okay. What are the challenges you see, uh, you know, um, it's going on for the founders and which are new, you know, yeah. which was not experienced before? <laughs> Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, again, the the larger companies are scooping up a lot of people and throwing money at them. Right. So I've lost some people over the last couple of years where Amazon has given them a 50 percent increase to have them move over. So I would say as a founder in, in these these um, these uh, in more small to mid sized companies, it's challenging to compete with what these other companies can offer. So we have to truly focus on experience and culture um, mm -hmm. for our for our teams. And some companies are just not set up uh, in a way to do that. So I think a lot of founders and CEO C-suite people are learning that um, and trying to are being challenged with how do I create a more intentional and better culture so mm -hmm. that I can keep people here uh, and happy uh, versus well you know Amazon or Walmart or Target mm -hmm. or Best Buy is throwing life changing money at me, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, but the problem is, is that you might work on a product for three or four years that never sees the light of day um, mm -hmm. uh, versus okay. at tomorrow's small midsize company, you, you, you definitely can see your impact happen a lot more real time. So that's more satisfying to some people. But again, it depends on where you are in your career. I'm not judging anyone. Um, but I think one of our challenges is competing for high quality talent with the larger organizations that just okay. they just have the margins to be able to pay higher salaries. Uh, yeah. But um, I do feel like they do not have the same types of uh, fun and enjoyable and, and fulfilling experience that you would at a more small to mid-sized company. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, it is always better to work for a company where you can get the recognition, right? I mean, whatever you're working, uh, people appreciate that. And it can happen, you know, uh, only with small to mid-sized companies. And yeah. apart from that, uh, did you also notice, Kurt, like, uh, you know, finding the talent uh, uh, manually was difficult? Do you feel that uh, lack of oh, yeah. having any, uh, you know, automation tools? Um, yeah, the need no, of the, tools? The, the, the manual <laughs> process is challenging because, um, you know, as part of the hiring process, it isn't just one person doing the interviews and one person making the um, the, the hiring decisions and one person doing the ad posting or writing the job post. It's a team of people, right? Yes. And one of the challenges can be is that is that um, if you're not just a hiring machine, if you're hiring when you need to, as most companies do, um, 
you know, there can be a lost, there can be a lot of busy work um, mm -hmm. uh, between all of those different groups. Mm -hmm. So I've found that not even just in that, but in our marketing, marketing automation, all these mm -hmm. different things, these are very commonplace things nowadays. And so I, I see the uh, benefit of having some automation in the in the hiring process the same as uh as in the uh, marketing process it's just a value add and it helps keep people um more uh more aligned on what the goals are and then also creates a better candidate experience i feel as well mm -hmm. because that's the one thing that is challenging is that you want the candidate who's applying to not feel like um you know a number right in in a line yes. so that's where i feel like automation can also help to keep those touch points going um with those candidates um when you, when your team can't right because your your hr person might take a vacation and then who's reaching out to all the five six half a dozen candidates that you have for this new position you know yes absolutely and i think it will be also beneficial for organization of large size because as you said you know due to the inflation uh recession time when people are getting uh you know a let go they are not having enough manpower then the automated tools can really play an important role yeah. in finding and working for them right so uh, they yep. can focus more their energy on getting more business for the company rather than you know just focusing on on getting uh, completing the hiring process so i think yeah automation tool so in this way do you uh, think occurred uh, that uh, you know during this time the tools like automated uh, tools uh, hiring uh, help you know human capital management uh, tools like ours right with will have some good uh, you know uh, positioning during this time oh 100% so like i mentioned if if you you know it's i've uh, i've talked to a lot of people over the last year in marketing, and if you look at any decent, you know, uh, you know, large to enterprise size company, they've all refactored their marketing teams over the last year um, and reorged um, in a lot of them. And a lot of it is based around automation too, is marketing automation and more of those types of tools that can come in and help them with some of the things they're doing, right? So uh, AI for uh, helping write marketing copy, um, AI for um, photos and uh, stock image creation, AI yes. for, you know, uh, videos, uh, you know, um, AI for transcribing. So it's a natural progression that when when we see more of um, a challenge in the job sector, um, people are going to be looking for tools like yours to streamline those processes. I think it's going to become um, just as valuable uh, to the um, human resources department as AI has become to the marketing department. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's really good news uh, for all the companies uh, like us, right? So we get the opportunity to uh, showcase like what uh, the AI driven tools can offer to them and streamline the hiring process. So and what about employee engagement? Uh, and, you know, uh, because when we talk about layoff, then the first and you know important thing comes into mind like the retention because you have to keep the current employees engaged then only they are going to have the better retention right so uh, what do you think about that yeah, is that a I challenge 
is that it is a, a challenge because it's very expensive to hire people, right? So, you know, as a, as a, as a person, you know, I just thought like my expense getting hired at a company was just my salary and benefits, right? But, um, and being a business owner, now I understand how much more expensive it is for the onboarding, the training, the other people's time to support that person, right? Because in some of the roles that we have, it can take 90 days for that person to really get up to speed. And that's a large investment to make um, in someone. So, um, you know, I think uh, retention is really important, right? But now that we're, a lot of us are virtual, we've got to use every tool at our disposal to help create an environment that's virtual um, where you still have a strong culture and you still have people engaged. You still have people feel that they're in a safe place um, and um, that their work is valued and that they are valued. And also on top of that, that they see a, a, a growth plan, you know, that they see a, a career plan for that. So as, but what happens normally is that when a recession comes in, marketing is usually the first hit and then hiring and recruiting um, is right there, uh, right behind it. <laughs> and um, and uh, and so what you'll see is, is that um, some of those experiences might not be as great as they were because you just don't have as many people focused on them. So mm -hmm. having more tools to help you do that thing. So we use a tool that does uh, random surveys with our team uh, where they're anonymous, where they can uh, give feedback uh, anonymously um, about areas that they're challenged in. I think tools like that, um, other tools to engage those employees on a regular basis is huge uh, because okay. nobody wants to wait you know, nobody has all the feels the same way they do when their one on one comes up versus, you know, a meeting they had that was really frustrating two weeks ago. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you want to get them when they're feeling um, when they're feeling challenged um, and create that atmosphere. So these types of tools, that's what they do. Okay. Yeah, employee engagement is a uh, you know important part of any uh, any HR department, I would say, and it has become more prominent after all these things which have taken place, right? I mean, pre-pandemic yeah. to a post-pandemic level. Uh, but I have one doubt here. Like, let's say companies who are small size, do you think they have the uh, you know the budget or the mentality to go? Uh, go through this uh, employee engagement thing? Do they focus on that? Do they give that a priority? Well, I think it's based on leadership. That's where the culture, the culture starts with the head of the organization. So um, if that person doesn't value it and looks at people as cogs in, in a wheel, that's the culture you're going to have. Um, you know, if the, if the leader of the department, the organization, you know, the CEO or these other people don't value that, then no tool is going to solve that problem. <laughs> um, yes. So, I, so, I you know, yeah, so, so you've got to have strong leadership that understands that um, um, the people are uh, valued, right? So as our company, we always say we're an employee first company. Okay. Um, and mm -hmm. so, um, because, you know, if without the employees, we don't have clients. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Now okay. I get it. It can be chicken and egg. And I've heard people say, well, without clients, you don't have employees. And I was like, yeah, but it doesn't really work that way. Um, I can't get clients and then go and find employees to work on those things. I have to have a strong, cohesive team in order to go out and prove to clients 
that we are the right choice to make for them when it comes to building mobile applications or custom software. So, so uh, you know, but this is still a new thing. People are learning about it or talking about it now, right? Uh, associated with employer branding, when you come and you say that you give importance to your employees. So this thing is pretty new, right? People have started talking about it, I think, uh, one year. Not more than that, right? So don't you think like it is kind of difficult, uh, I would not say difficult, challenging to everybody to adopt to that or, you know, get that mindset, which will uh, bring a more employee focus. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, for sure. Well, and again, it, it uh, like I mentioned, the pendulum swinging because I think the, the candidates and the employees have had a lot more power during the during the pandemic, but I see that that swinging back some because of the recession and inflation and the tightening of belts at organizations. Right. Um, they might have they might have the money, but they don't want to spend it because they're nervous. Yes. And that's and that's really the, the problem there. So. So but back to your original uh, question. Is, yeah, it's it's a mindset shift. It's a cultural shift. So, yes. again, if the leadership isn't willing to make that shift to say, how can we um, how can we show more our employees more that we value them? Then you're not no you know it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not going to become a priority. So that means leadership needs that training as well, right? There is a 100%. need for higher management to get trained to adopt this culture so that this you know focus can shift. That is what my understanding is, and I think you can tell better. A hundred percent. That is correct. Yep. Like I said, it, it all starts cultures. It's not that the leadership creates the culture, but they're the ones that kind of set the foundation and the tone for where things go. Mm -hmm. um, it's the employees that actually create the culture. Right. So. Um, so but if if the if the employer or the or the, the the head of that group or the head of the organization doesn't value, um, you know, um, certain value, you can see it in the benefits, right? Some some mm -hmm. places have unlimited PTO, right? Mm -hmm. Some places you get two weeks. Yes. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And uh, that can tell you right away, like, what do they think about their employees? Are they more, you okay. know, how are they more, they are. How, how flexible they are, but how, how do they look at them? Do they look at them as um, this is a transaction I'm having? Mm -hmm. Right now, again, I hate it when organizations say like we're a family because we're not a family, right? Um, yes. uh, our 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 company is not a family, but it's a team, right? Mm -hmm. It's a team, just like you, if you would have a football team or a you know a rowing team or whatever. Like we have to depend on each other mm -hmm. to get the to get the work done. So we have to create a culture of trust um, in order to build a strong team because that's the first thing. Whether you, like I said, whether you're um, you know in um, in a in a hockey team or if you're in seal team six like it's all about mm -hmm. trust building so uh for us that's what we really focus on in our organization is building as much trust between people so they feel like they're in a safe environment um, but at the same time you have to um you have to show people where the line is too um mm -hmm. you know past this line this is when trouble happens these are because these are the values of our company. So if the leadership isn't talking more about the values of the company and expressing what those things mean, then you're going to don't be surprised if you have um, trouble with 
um, the employees. <laughs> okay. So I think, uh, you know, apart from, we were talking about automation tools, but apart from uh, automated employee engagement activities needs to be also, uh, you know, uh, take place and, uh, you know, employee measure so that everything is in the management size. Okay. This is what you're performing. So they can take a, you know, proper action and they can uh, reward the employees accordingly. I think it will bring a lot of transparency, right? So that is what we are trying to uh, build and write with so that it is a conclusive tool for the organization so that everything can happen in one place and everybody can take the decision based on that. The higher management users, uh, you know, in the recruiting level can deal with it on a daily basis. HR can, uh, you know, um, streamline the entire employee engagement uh, procedures and processes. So I think it will be a good idea. And training and development program can be also included, right? So yep. it is not that you have set up, like, I, I believe you might have gone through this kind of experiences as well, right? Because you do coaching. So you might be sending uh, your employees, okay, certain day, such and such training is going to take place. But, you know, the HR, if they are doing it manually, it is difficult for them to reach out to each and every candidate, I mean, employee, and tell them, okay, attend. But when you do this all automated, then everybody is, you know, joining it. They are bound to go there. They need to, you know, get the feedback. And yep. employee and employer relationship is such a, I would say, we are talking about it all year long <laughs> and it never ends. Everything, you know, some or the other challenges keeps on coming. So uh, last but not the least, uh, Kurt, tell me some new challenge which you have faced very, very recently. Some of the example. Sure. Yeah. Well, to, you know, to your exact point, I think um, keeping consistency in the hiring process, because as a growing company, you're always adding new people, right? So you're adding people to your HR department, you're onboarding them, um, you have to teach them the ways that you've done things before. So, you know, for us, um, you know, automation has been really helpful in a lot of cases to streamline the busy work so people can focus on the real human interaction and the uh, bonding uh, with each other as a team um, and less on the busy work and creating spreadsheets and following checklists and all those things. Um, but I would say for us, uh, some of the future challenges are we are hiring right now and um, and uh, we're looking for very specific roles. Mm -hmm. And so what we've found is that it's challenging when uh, if you're just looking for a pretty standard role of HR person mm -hmm. versus somebody who's very, uh, very specific, has very specific JavaScript skills, mm -hmm. uh, has experience in Java. Uh, maybe has more experience with Node and React and some of these uh, more uh, specific technologies. Uh, it can be a challenge to find those those individuals by just putting out a uh, job posting that says software engineer. <laughs> um, yes. But that's you know that that's one of the challenges I see is that as um, as we grow as a company, we're looking for more specialized people and less generalists. Um, it's not to say we don't hire generalists. It's just to say. I would say our specific challenge is in finding those people that are uh, very focused in a certain type of technology or area. And how do we find those people? Where are they located? Where are they hanging out? <laughs> Where can I get their attention? Um, those are challenges that I see 
not only just myself, but other people facing as we see Web3 and these other types of specialty technologies uh, become more and more prevalent in organizations over the next few years. Mm-hmm. I think the more uh, when we talk about specific uh, skills and, you know, the top notch uh, talent, then they are definitely hiding and, uh, you know, <laughs> in certain areas. So I think to best find those kind of uh, employees for your organization, uh, the best thing required is to be flexible so that, you know, yeah. they can be anywhere and you just hire them and it should be more process oriented rather than, you know, the hours yep. and all. That is what people were talking about, uh, you know, uh, during the pandemic. And now also right. it stays uh, there itself, right? So we yes. need to be like that. So what do you see, uh, you know, in the coming uh, yeah. 2023 what do you see coming or good news for the you know employers we spoke uh, enough yeah. about the challenges now talk about yeah. something good so that people have something good to carry sure. on you know like a desert. well i think for the for any employers listening i i would say you know over the last couple of years you probably lost people to um big bonuses and big paycheck upgrades um but i would say that's going to cool off over the next year those those opportunities are going to come a lot far and few between um and so i think um i think uh employers have a real opportunity right now to focus on retention and keeping their employees engaged because i think there's going to be just a lot less opportunities as the year goes on so in order to not have them just quit and maybe decide to um look for a job in their free time because now they don't have a job um, you can keep them engaged. And so I think the biggest opportunity and exciting thing is just trying to find and try new ways of engaging and retaining your employees and to be intentional about it, to tell them, mm-hmm. I'm trying to retain you. <laughs> I am oh. trying to I am trying to keep you engaged. What okay. are you know, and getting feedback from people and asking them, you know, did you like that event that we had? Did you okay. enjoy, do you enjoy this thing we do at our staff meetings? Do you not enjoy it? So constantly being very intentional about it uh, and following up on uh, things that you're trying and seeing how they're working. I think I think that's a very exciting time for everyone. Um, I think it'll be fun for the employees and I think the founders will have a great time uh, being those people, so. Okay, that's great. So you are basically trying to tell that say that you care. <laughs> Bring yes. that uh, little bit of, uh, you know, emotion that's right. to the work culture. So which will that's make right. it not like family, but, uh, you know, like games. Like a strong we have team. Emotion. We have in teams also, we have emotions, right? People get excited. Yes. So that's great. Uh, Kurt, it was really great uh, talk with you. And so good to talk have... to you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. You have a good day. All right. Have a good day. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.